Welcome to the Addiction Connection Podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Shirley Crowder. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Mark. Hope you're doing well today. I am, and this is podcast number two in a series I'm excited about where we are talking about our new book, Advent Meditations for Addicts, published, produced by the Addiction Connection. And you and I wrote on this together. Um, and I really, I, I love this book. And so we are doing podcasts that are released every Monday. This is December 6th. And our focus in this one is on the the second chapter, the Hope in God chapter. And I want to just throw it over to you and ask you uh, about prophecy and why prophecy is important to hope. Right. Well, day one, um, for those who maybe weren't with us last week, the chapters are divided into five days of information for you to read and meditate on, interact with the questions. Uh, and so, so some people may want to read it all at one time and work through it, but uh, there are five days. And so today we're going to really focus on what happens on day one in each chapter. We start with the Old Testament prophecy. Now, a lot of times when someone says the word prophecy, people, you know, their eyes get glazed over and they think of the book of Revelation, which is a little difficult at times to uh, interpret and understand. But basically, in the Old Testament, God gave prophets the knowledge to tell people what was to tell his prophets so they could tell the people what was going to happen in the future. And it wasn't like uh, you know, a psychic or a fortune teller that you might some folks go to to see what's going to happen in their lives. But this prophecy you could absolutely count on because it wasn't just the prophet himself saying it. It was God speaking through the prophet. And so in this week, the hope in God, our Old Testament prophecy is from Isaiah two, Isaiah 9, 2, and verse 6. And it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on, the living, on those living in the land of darkness. And then verse 6 says, for a child will be born for us, the son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Now, the question we asked there, Mark, and I'm going to have you answer this question. Oh, boy. <laughs> the question that we asked, you kind of interact with, think about that prophecy is how did this prophecy how would it have given hope to the Old Testament believer? You know it's funny I was I was thinking about this a little earlier uh, the Steve Ham and I have been doing some podcasts and even some writing and just discussing about hope and mm -hmm. one thing he really talks about is the certainty of hope in Christ. And so, like you just said, these prophecies weren't like, 
I hope it happens, or I'm going to read this tarot card or talk to a, you know, uh, do a Ouija board or something where it's going to hopefully predict my future. And a lot of people don't have any confidence in those things, and they shouldn't because, you know, yeah, it might be right one out of 10 times, but that's probably more due to the blind luck than anything. But God's prophecy spoken through his prophets to his people, like you just said, was a certainty. And and Steve Hamm and I have been talking about the certainty of hope and how they would have received that, not like, oh, I hope that happens. Oh, I hope, oh, that sounds so good. I hope that happens. No, they would have received it like, wow, I can't wait for that to happen. We're looking forward. That's going to happen, you know? And I think that's that's what this book, that's part of what this book is all about is Mm -hmm. the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. And we're celebrating this, Advent season, his his first coming in flesh, um, in in a way that is certain, and so the people would have received it in that way with gladness. And so I'm glad that questions in the book to help people right. to think about. You know, this wasn't just a I hope so. This was a certainty uh-huh. of hope. Yes, and um, you know, often we hear people say, um, "I'm hoping against hope." Well, you know what they're saying is. They're saying, I'm hoping against nothing because <laughs> they have nothing on which to base their expectation that the hope will be fulfilled. Right. But as Christ followers, we have a certainty that God Almighty, the sovereign God of the universe, will indeed do what he says he will do. That, that's good stuff, Mark. I mean, that is such good stuff. And then the next part we do on the same day is the New Testament fulfillment. And this just means what happened in the New Testament to show that this prophecy of God was fulfilled. And it's a, it's a fairly long passage from Romans 15, 8 to 13. Um, let's see. Let me come down to, I'm going to come down and actually start in verse 12. Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, the Gentiles will hope in him. That's what we're talking about. As it's saying, in verse 8, for I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises to the Father and so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. Confirm the promises to the fathers. Confirm the prophecies from the Old Testament are true. That's what it is, the fulfillment. And just think about it, Mark. Having all that time that people were looking for the fulfillment of Isaiah 9. For the wonderful counselor, mighty God. Prince of Peace to come, and then all those years later, for Christ to come. You know, when the when the shepherds are out in the field, and the angels, heavenly hosts, come to them, and he says, "You know, now I memorized every. You know, I'm old. I memorized everything in the King James. He said, you know, for unto you this day is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord.'" That's the fulfillment. And man, can you imagine just the excitement 
I mean, let's just think a minute. Think about when you were a kid waiting for Christmas. Now, we weren't so focused probably on our spiritual lives and Jesus coming as a baby. We probably were more focused on that present that we wanted. But just think about the excitement of a young child and the look of wonder in his eye, his or her eyes when they walk in a room and see a Christmas tree all lit up with beautiful lights and ornaments and they're just so excited they can barely wait. And then they, when it comes Christmas morning and they get to either run and pick up their present or tear it open, whatever way they do that, they're just so excited. And they, look, Daddy, look at what I got. Look, Mama, look what I got. That's the excitement that the New Testament people would have had. That, yes, God's word is true. He has come. That's just exciting to me. I don't guess you can tell that, huh? I don't guess somebody has been really useful. <laughs> Well, there's so many good pictures in the Advent season and about Christmas that we miss because of the busyness of Christmas, the marketing and the, you know, just the commercialism of it all. And what we're focusing here on is the forgiveness of sin through Jesus, this Savior who's going to rescue us from this sin-cursed fallen world. And it's a sure thing, just like that present that kid opens on, on Christmas Sunday morning, uh, they are, 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 it's not always Sunday, I guess, Christmas morning, they're opening it and they're getting the gift that's the sure, you know, fulfillment of that. And that's what this New Testament uh, passage is all about. And you stopped at, at verse 13. I'll read that one. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope. By the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, making it specific to those struggling with the addictive choices that they've made, sinful choices all of us have made. Right. You know, they often leave us brokenhearted and crushed. As we read about in Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, it says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those. Crushed in spirit. Those crushed in spirit need the nearness of the Lord to help us turn our broken hearts to a hoping God. That's right. That's it. And and you know the exciting thing is when we talk about God coming, Emmanuel, God with us, is that it's not just that God is near me right now. He is near me. God, he actually resides in me through his Holy Spirit. And he gives us the mercy and the comfort and the grace and the enablement and the conviction of our sin and all that stuff right here with us. That is exciting. It is. And it is exciting. And there's hope for the addicted. That's really the the impetus in this chapter of the book is you don't have to run around uncertain or uptight or in an uproar about uh, your life and what's going on. You can be forgiven of your sins. If we call addiction 
a sin problem of the heart and, and an idolatry problem, then you can be forgiven of that through Jesus Christ and celebrate this Advent season with us. But if you think addiction is a disease and that mm-hmm. it's some kind of biological thing, then really Jesus, it, it, that's not what Jesus came to die for. That's not what the book and the promises and the the season are all about. It's not about a disease. So in, in some ways, surely we're giving addicts the season back by saying, hey, this Christmas season, celebrate the the real hope that you have, that Christ has forgiven you of all of your sins that are addiction. And I just hope people uh, begin to understand that and grasp that this is a chance to share the hope of the gospel with people. Right. One of the things that we put at the very end of every chapter is something we're calling Remember. So in this chapter, it's Remember Hope. And um, it's actually a quote, Mark, from the book uh, Howard Arick and uh, Dr. Arick and I wrote, uh, Hope from the Beginning. Uh, and it says, if you're living in the grip of bitterness because of things that happened to you in the past, and that includes your own sin, mm. your own sinful behavior, mm-hmm. there's hope and freedom in the grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's just what Mark would say. And that capital H hope, because we know there's a basis for it. I love that. I yes. love that. And, you know, as we go through, we're focusing on different parts of the day. But um, one of the things that we need to be sure that we recognize is that there is no hope, capital H hope, outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. The solid rock. And then in one of the, in day four, day five, we have a hymn of response. And I'm we'll focus that on that a whole lot later. But verse three of that, um, Christ the solid rock I stand, says his oath, God's oath, his covenant, his blood, Support me in the whelming flood when I'm overwhelmed, when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. That's it. In Christ alone is our hope. And That's right. I love that. I love that promise and that knowledge and knowing that he's our hope. Yeah, those, those hymn of response days, day five, it's divided up into five days. Um, and you start this one four Sundays ahead of Christmas. So hope that, you know, but those hymn of response were like, you've quoted the the solid rock and you put the, we put the words in there. You, you did it, but, um, <laughs> but I, I, I love that it's in there. Those stanzas, the, the words are rich and people can sing those songs, sing those praises to God because the hope of God is is real. It's true. It's certain. You don't have to guess about it. And uh, and we just want the addicted person to say, "Okay, I understand now. Uh, I can have this in Jesus Christ." They don't have to believe that they have a lifelong disease that they'll never, you know, amount to anything or be anything or do anything. That they can be forgiven of what they've done. We want them to know you can be forgiven of everything, all of it. And exactly. find this, and just what you read in stanza three of the solid rock, 
uh, when all around my soul gives way. And there's a lot of craziness and overwhelming floods. Um, but God, you are my hope and stay. So yeah, that's great. That's right. So that, that's, um, that's a great chapter. Oh, of course, I'm going to say that about all of them. Um, <laughs> because this, it just has you remembering who God is and that you absolutely can trust him. So the chapter that we were talking about is Hoping God. And we hope that you'll join us next week when we talk about the peace of God. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about the peace of God. So uh, join us next Monday as we talk about the chapter on the peace of God.